Hello, this is Manny Ramos, your host of Rise Up, real issues and stories of every one of us podcast. First, let me talk about who we are. I'm Manny Ramos, a board member of PNAA, a past president of the Philippine Nurses Association of Central Florida. I'm a professor of nursing at Valencia College in Orlando and an adjunct faculty at William Patterson University. With me today is my co-host, Mindy Ofiana. Thank you, Mindy. Manny. Welcome, everyone. I'm Mindy Ofiana, Legislative Committee Chair of PNAA, Corresponding Secretary of PNAA Foundation, and past president of PNA Southern California, and a current adjunct professor at Charles R. Drew University, Department of Medicine and Sciences. Manny? Thank you, Mindy. Our guest tonight is Nancy Hoff who has served the PNAA Foundation in different capacities since 2013 and has been a PNAA member since 1989, where she served on several committees. She's the founding president of PNA Central California. For 56 years, Nancy Hoff has worked as a clinician, educator, administrator, and consultant for the nursing curriculum and nursing school accrediting process. She continues to find opportunities to influence healthcare and nursing education positively. She has been recognized and awarded leadership, mentorship, and education awards. Nancy has been inducted into the Central San Joaquin Valley Nursing Hall of Fame for promoting the nursing profession through a lifetime of dedicated work and achievement. She's also been awarded by California State University Fresno Health and Human Services Hero Award in recognition of her significant impact an outstanding service that has made a difference for the region's residents. In her current role as PNAA Foundation President, Nancy is actively fundraising, collaborating, and developing projects to support the mission of PNAA Foundation and the PNAA to benefit the members. Nancy, welcome to Rise Up. Thank you. Thank you, Manny. I'm so happy and I am honored to be part of this particular program. Nancy, we really are excited to have you at Rise Up today. We know we would like to know you more about you. Okay. So where were you from before you came to the United States? I was born and raised in Batangas City, Philippines. I am a Batanganian. Wow. Yes. I went to school there from I... grade school to high school and then went to college at the University of Santo Tomas Yay! in Manila. Okay. Sorry, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nancy, what brought you to nursing? I mean, how how'd you select to, to be a nurse? Well, when I was in high school, a very good friend of mine and I, we both wanted to be a flight attendant. That was the thing then. That was in the 60s, you know, because we wanted to travel. So in order yes. to be a flight attendant, then you have to be either a nurse or go to school for foreign service. Well, I went to nursing and my friend went to foreign service in, at UP and I went to USD. She became a flight attendant. I didn't. I became a nurse and and also went. And, and really what was so funny was that on my flight from the Philippines to come to California, uh -huh. she was the flight attendant. Oh. 
Oh, wow. Right, really, it was so funny. So we just during the free time, because, you know, it was a long flight uh-huh. with the Philippine Airlines, oh, then, wow. you know, we just talked and talked and talked. And so it was wonderful. That's so that was how I got into nursing, oh. which I do love. I do love. So why did you choose academia versus clinical practice? Well, I did. I did work in a hospital for 10 years, at least 10 years, went to academia. When I was the clinical instructor or clinical supervisor in the surgical area, um, the operating room, I was in charge of students and new interns, you know, and so I usually teach them, talk to them about surgical procedures. And they told their teacher and they said, you know, and they told me, why don't you become a teacher? I said, I'm a teacher right now. I said, no, no, teachers at the schools. And because I used to teach both Cal State students and yeah. Fresno City College students. And then the students, I didn't realize what's listening to me when I talked to the students. <laughs> and so they were encouraging me. So then I got recruited by both schools and I chose one. Oh, wow. So then I stayed with them almost 30 years. Wow. I know you are. And I've been encouraging you I to know. do that. And that's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. It's fun. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. Nancy, as a person of color, how was your experience related to racism during your nursing career? Well, let me uh, give you some examples. First of all, I I keep this in mind. I accept who I am. I am proud of who I am because, you know, and I let people know that. And many times when we we have to give more than 100% to get the results that we want. How we look many times already create a mindset among people that it will be difficult to understand us, to understand how we speak. Okay. So let me tell you some experiences I had when I, in teaching, okay, what I do is this. I tell the students on the very first day of class, I tell them, when you're listening to me and you think I speak too fast, raise your hands and I'll slow down. Also, when you're listening to me and you think you cannot understand what I'm saying, try to close your eyes and just listen. And that will make a difference. So I always say that. So I know that they will think that. I acknowledge that, that they may think that of me. And then I tell them what they need to do so that we can make it better. I'd like to also tell you the experience I've had with one of the surgeons when I was very new, very new, first came and I was working in the operating room. This one surgeon is really not a very good guy. But anyway, so I was a newbie. And I think the surgeon asked for some normal saline. And I said, oh, doctor, did you want a liter of saline? And, and, and he said, yes. And this doctor said, ooh, liter, you know, and, and he goes, he laughed at me because you know how we have difficulty with our I and E's. <laughs> and, wow. and so I told him, oh, doctor, English is only one of three languages that I speak. How about you? How many languages do you speak? I bet you can't even speak my language. Then he goes, C, 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 you see? I said, that isn't even my language. 
and everybody was quiet because <laughs> the other surgeons they knew me and they were so nice to me. But this guy, he, I think, he was only a resident at that time, and he he is, a, you know what? But anyway, so I thought I'd put him in his place there. Oh. So those are the things that yeah. I remember. Another thing too, mm-hmm. I bec- I was a business owner. It, it also mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. residential care facilities for elderly, and I had three of them, you know, different levels. And when I talk, because remember, they're older people with cognitive problems, right? And yes. with dementia. And so I always tell the family, I laid down, I said, okay, how are, I understand because during their time, they can be very open. They, well, people, whatever. So I tell the family, we have, I have caregivers here who are a different mm-hmm. culture and different colors. And will that be a problem with your mom? And, and and they will say yes or no, because I said, that's where we're at. So I don't want them to be abusing my caregivers because I did have one client who was that way. Oh my goodness, it was so bad. But I laid down from the very beginning. I learned from you. Mm-hmm. See, I learned, you learn something every day. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. what can you be proud of as a leader in academia? I had done a lot of firsts, you know, if not the first, maybe one of the firsts. There weren't many, there weren't too many Filipino deans of nursing, actually, probably hardly any, maybe can less than a handful in California. So I wanted to be part of increasing that number. Starting a campus from the ground up, building a state-of-the-art simulation center that had been replicated the different campuses all the way even to Dallas of this particular university. I think that was really good. I am very proud of that. I didn't do it myself. I had people who knew. I had a strong, I, I, I capitalized on the strengths of my, of my staff and faculty, mm-hmm. and I encouraged them and I supported them. And also being able to assist nursing programs that were in danger of losing their accreditation or board approval. I, that's, I'm very proud of those, of those things that I did. Wow. That's nice to hear. Nancy, I want to talk about AAF. As the president of the Philippine Nurses Association Foundation, uh, could you share to us what are your most successful programs and what made them successful? I, I, can I give a little bit of an introduction before I say Sure, that? of course. Okay. Of course. Leading PNAF, I believe and have always said this, that the success of an organization depends on the strength and skill of its members, the creativity and wisdom of its leaders, and the unwavering faith in the heart of its members. That I firmly believe, and, and, and I always say that. PNAAF is blessed to have officers and board members representing the four regions of PNAA mm-hmm. who are all, not only caring and compassionate, but also have the spirit of philanthropy. The past presidents, you know, were people who had a goal that they focus on. And during my first term as a PNAF president, I focus on advocating through philanthropic giving caring and collaborating. And I was blessed with PNAA leaders during my term, like Madeline Yu and the current president, Mary Joy Dia, and executive director, Carmina Bautista, who shared my vision and truly together, 
with trust, respect, and collaboration. So grants and subgrants, in, and in partnership with other organizations to support education and research, were some of the things that I'm very proud of that we were able to do, because mm -hmm. these grants and subgrants that were offered to us, not to PNAA, but we had to have a 501c3 organization in order to apply for that. So what we did right. is we worked together and saying, okay, we applied for it. We, the, the foundation, that's the fiscal management of it. And, and the PNAA and its chapters, they do the implementation. And we work together, however, implementation is not just, okay, I'll do this and they will do it. No, we are always together in decisions that we make. We were very fortunate to, to have that relationship and collaborative things. Because during this past two years, PNAA and PNAF collaborated with um, the Asian and Pacific Islander organizations to address issues yes. in either COVID, you know, of course, because of the pandemic. And also the one that I I'm most proud of is the one that we have with all of us research program where yes. we're supporting, you know, more contribution and more participation of Filipinos, not only the nurses, but the community in order to get information about us so that the research, so that the treatment, medications catered or not uh, be, be something that, that will be for us, for Filipinos, because we know we're not all alike, so that right treatments can be developed for the right people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Nancy, with success pro successful programs, actually there comes some areas of opportunity for PNAAF. How could you do it better? Well, we have many, you know, as you know, we, we did our strategic visioning and our strategic planning as well, but even we're now in the middle of that, you know, because we did it for 2021 on, but we're in the middle of that, but looking at it now, and in fact, we're going to talk about these things on the, on our face-to-face -face on the fifth, I had identified some that I think we could do better. We need to get a, take a closer look at the functions of the foundation and create a strong infrastructure. Also, the creating a website that chronicles what and how the foundation mm -hmm. met its mission. That is a very good, we, we, we can't just keep yeah. it to ourselves. We need to make sure that it's known by all so that our charity navigator score is going to be high. Because we, we don't do it. We don't put it in our website. Yeah. That, was, that was brought to us by our new website committee chair. And they're working. The committee is working on making that better. Okay. That's wonderful. That's nice. Okay. So you started to talk about strategic plans, Nance. What key things are you trying to accomplish in that plan? Well, number one that, that everyone and you all did is to increase the visibility of PNAA Foundation and its activities. And that is being done. I mean, through our joining the regional meetings, you know, and talking about it. And we have done that in several region, regional meetings. And also activities that advocate through giving, caring, and collaborating. That's part of, of what we see and what we want to do and we plan to do. And I also, we also want to have 
our committee's goals that reflect the PNAA Foundation vision and purpose in partnership with PNAA and also collaborative projects with PNAA and other organizations that support our mission, the PNAA Foundation's mission, and the plan to create sustainability of the foundation, a plan for the sustainability of the foundation. And we're halfway there. We're mm -hmm. almost there. It's nice to hear about those plans and successful programs that you have. Is there anything else you want to wish more people knew about PNAAF or issues you are trying to solve? Well, number one, I would like people to know the PNAA Foundation is the quiet giant that works behind the scenes to make things happen. I want them to know that. I want them to hear that. I want them to put that in their minds. That's who we are. We don't, we're not loud. We're not going to tell you all the things we do, but we are the quiet giant that works behind the scenes to make things happen. Also, PNAA members, one of the other things that you want PNAA members, okay, chapter members, because the leaders may know, but not necessarily the members. We want them to know how PNAAF works, and which is being done now, like I said, through the meetings and through inside PNAA, being spearheaded by our public relations committee chair, Bob Gahol. And that was a big project of the committee, big goal. And another thing, and I just have to have, we have to have cooperation on both, is to decrease the duplication of functions between PNAA and PNAAF, because there's some that may be overlapping that we may want to look at those. Those are the things, as you said, it's a, you are a silent giant, and it's, it's time for our members or our viewers to hear and know what actually PNAAF does. Indeed, Nancy, PNAAF is the sleeping giant. I mean, not sleeping, silent Quiet, giant. silent. Quiet. 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 <laughs> I don't even want to use the word silent because uh, that means you're not yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah. You're not quiet. silent. You're right. You're right. You're right. If you could, what would you share? Where do most of the funding come from? And what percentage of your budget comes from donations? And what do donations help you do that your other funding sources don't cover? Okay, most of our, the largest portion right now of what we have are from grants and subgrants, which we then also give away, you know, for in, implementation. The other one are the fiduciary responsibilities from officers and board members, <laughs> the legacy tree campaign, okay, board yeah. member projects, you know, like Bayani ng Mundo, they were raising money, you know, for the organization. Amazon Smile, actually, that Mindy started. We do, we do have some money coming in, slow, but right. because they're small time, but hey, it's coming. Yeah. And of course, partnership with other organizations like the Philippine Humanitarian Coalition for Humanitarian Services. And as, as you know, we know we have RICE, right? RICE uh -huh. is a joint source. Okay, and R is for resilience. Okay, I is for innovation 
S is for scholarship and E is for enrichment. Okay, now what we have done here is that all these monies from both the coffers of what was raised by PNAA and what was raised by the, the foundation, we put them all together and put it in this one account, separate account in different buckets. Okay, mm -hmm. like for example, we have what we call a general fund. Bulk of money from the general fund for this comes from corporate giving, individual donor, donors, endowment funds, and also grants. For the resilience, although they will be also getting, if they need it, from the general fund, there are earmarked fundraisings that come from Giving Tuesday. It's both done by PNAA and PNAAF. The Heal Our Nurse that was started by the PNAA Foundation. And so that those that money, you know, is there. And right now we we have fifty-nine over fifty-nine thousand earmarked just for that. But if we need more for the future, these are all for the future so that we don't always have to keep asking money in order to do things right. that we want to do. This is like a bank account and it's 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 to be used for those purpose, for the mission, for the goals of both PNAA and PNAAF. Then research, we also get the, the money for the research, of course, will come from the general fund, which is over 100, 125,000 is in the general fund. Then for scholarship sources, are again, general fund. And for the enrichment, we have close to uh, over 28,000 on that right now, but it's gonna increase because the sources of those funds are 5K, Okay, and, and, and anything else that may come and they may need. Like for now, we have given that for the LI. Because the general fund, that, I mean, the, the enrichment, the purpose for that is for ILDP. You guys are getting your money yes, from, yes. This, from this bucket. Leadership Institute, yes, yes. the master class, public speaking class. So that's there for the purpose for the resiliency is the support for nurses, the Kabalika program, a support program, a support group. And of course, research is anyone who wants to apply for research, they go through that. And then the scholarship is for BSN, MSN, and DNP doctorate, postdoctorate. The largest percentage is coming from grants because when we didn't have those, we didn't have much money. Really, our, our biggest fundraising event is the 5K. And so now it's, it's, it's not the biggest anymore. So Nancy, what would make the most significant impact in helping PNAAF get better at what it does? Well, again, we'll be talking about this at our meeting because I before the focus of getting people into the foundation is because we were wanting to get as much money as we can so we can purchase the building, right? And so that we don't have to worry about mortgage. We only have to save for maintenance of the building. So I think one of the things that I wish we could have is one, is to be able to hire permanent staff, like for the executive director, be permanent, you know, and also to review and develop focused criteria in selecting board of directors. Oh. You know, so, because see, the, the goal before is who can 
produce the money or who can do this or whatever. But now we really have to look and see what are the functions of the people that we need. So those will be part of our learning and, and our discussion on the 5th of July. Wow, it's getting excited. What should our viewers and listeners do to learn more about PNAA Foundation? One is hopefully that they listen to their leaders when they talk about the foundation or the leaders then join the meeting when we have a presentation at their regional meetings. Also, they can look at the website, which we are making it to be more robust and more information are also in the inside PNAA. So there are more information now than before. I see. So I, I know we're going to do on the digital, we're going to use digital technology with regards to information, but how more can we keep our supporters up to date about your work? You mean supporters like the funders, the people who support us and all that. We, That's right. Our goal is that every year, you know, we will give them, you know, aside from just acknowledging their, their donation is to also give them or tell them what we had, how, how we spent the money and how mm. we earmarked the money for what purpose. And also through a very active public relation group and website committees who will help us doing this thing. I see. So Nancy, for our last question, what would be your message to our viewers and listeners rise up? Okay, you know, I forgot to think about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I said, I will say this, okay? PNAA and PNAA Foundation through the years have worked together to make the, the, this particular thing happen, which is the collaboration of a in, in whatever they do and partnership in securing and implementing projects and the creation of the rights to raise funds to provide sustainability for education, research, and scholarship for PNAA members. They have to remember that. We're not trying to raise money to keep it. What for? It's actually to, to make sure that the PNAA members are taken care of. Now, the, the goals for it, sustain those things, the professional development and all that. Well, and uh, that is all that we have for this episode. I want to thank our guests, Nancy Hoff, my co-host, Mindy Ofiana, our director and producer, Rodney Cahudo, Carol Robles, PNAA Chair for Communications and Marketing, our advisor, PNAA Foundation President, Nancy Hoff, our executive producers, PNA President Mary Joy, Dr. Mary Joy Garcia Dia, and PNA Executive Director Carmina Bautista. Join us here every week on Rise Up. Until then, keep on rising and see you next week. Bye. Thank you. This publication was made possible by Cooperative Agreement CDC RFA IP212106 from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Its contents are solely the responsibility of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of CDC HHS. <laughs>